This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. No opening jokes today, only very serious fantasy football talk. It's been a long time coming, and I'm very excited for it. Also, sorry for swearing so much in the beginning of this episode. I got a little too excited about basketball. Okay. No opening jokes today, only very serious fantasy football talk. It's been a long time coming, and I'm very excited for it. Also, sorry for swearing so much in the beginning of this episode. I got a little too excited about basketball. Okay. Do, do you want to do like a quick 10-minute basketball supremacy moment? What do you mean? Talk about how fucking awesome basketball is right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because basketball cool. fucking rocks right now. It's the best Let's, sport. Dude, does basketball... I feel like I've said this at least 60% of the shows. Basketball yeah. never disappoints. Never. We're sitting here on Sunday. We got a sweep today from the Celtics, which I thought that series was going six. Embiid was just as good Not as me. I thought he was going to be, and it didn't matter. Uh, but then still, even in that sweep, most of those games were pretty close. We had the Raptors. Uh, no, no, no way, dude. The Sixers rolled over and died. Hey, by game three, that series was done. Only one of those games was decided by more than 10 points. I mean, I don't know, man. Those are some games I watched, and I at no point did I think that the Sixers yeah, were going to no. win those Yeah, no. I mean, I, like, it, was, it wasn't a huge test for the Celtics, and yeah. the Sixers need to fix things, not trade Simmons or Embiid, as we've talked about before, <laughs> and we'll talk about in the future. We'll fire talk about Brett it Brown, yeah. fire Elton Brand, figure it out. Um, but for as far as a sweep goes, it wasn't like – it was closer to Pistons Cavs a few years ago than it is going to be even with a win this five game series that the Bucks and the Magic are going to have it's more competitive than that um, wait a minute are you sure that that's going to be a five game series i am less certain that that's going to be a five game series the magic already won a game are you saying they're going to win another one i think that it seems like the bucks are like a little shaky to me. They are. They are a little shaky. I mean, the Raptors dropped 150 points today to complete their sweep, even though it wasn't a competitive game. Watching a team drop 150 points in regulation is fun as hell. Uh, as we were recording this show on Sunday, the Jazz beat the Nuggets 129 to 127 to take a 3-1 series lead. Wow. Fuck, we missed Donovan Mitchell drop 51 and Jamal Murray drop 50 while we were recording yeah. this show. I mean, if that doesn't prove our point right there, what does? But yeah, the, right. The game of the night, of the day, of the year so far was the Dallas Mavericks versus the Los Angeles Clippers, where Luca had his first the game, and it's the yes. ankle game. Forty-three points, seventeen rebounds, thirteen assists on eighteen of thirty-one shooting, and he hit the game winner over. Former Detroit Piston Reginald Thurmond Jackson. <laughs> Is that his real middle name? I believe so. I like. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, it it was the best game I've seen since 2016 NBA Finals. Luca was unbelievable. Kawhi yeah. was really good. Pandemic P was pandemic P with his 11 points, I believe. Lou Williams dropped 36 points. It was everything you could have ever asked for in a basketball game, especially. By the way, as a Michigan fan, Trey Burke missed like two shots all night and dropped 25 points. Tim Hardaway Jr. was essential in winning that ball game. Now just go sign Nick Stauskas and we're cool. That would be cool. Uh, bum. 
it's time for my favorite segment within a segment out of the DMs where we talk about something that I asked Andrew about in our DMs that we talked about that I want to talk about again on the show. And today what that is going to be is a trade that I sent you. Uh, and it is for the NBA draft. The Golden State Warriors are going to be picking second. The Pistons are going to be picking seventh. And so the trade that I'm asking you about today is Andrew Wiggins and the second pick for Blake Griffin and the seventh pick. Who says no to that trade? The Pistons don't say no for sure because you're not you're literally losing nothing. If you have the opportunity to get rid of Blake Griffin's contract, you get rid of Blake Griffin's contract. And on top of that, you move up five spots in the draft and you get LaMelo Ball, who is who you want out of this draft, probably more than anybody if you're the Pistons. Um, the Warriors, again, aren't losing much. That second pick doesn't mean a whole ton to the Warriors, especially because there's a small chance you could still get Wiseman, the guy I believe yeah. they want, at seven. You add your star, right? Then you're back to four stars, the Warriors' way, kind of finding a way to do some crazy shit with that roster. Um, now, the only thing that could stop the Warriors is what if there's a Bradley Beal trade out there you could get done with the second pick? What if there's a Joel Embiid trade out there you could get done with the second pick? Um, what if there's somebody on the – well, I don't know if anybody on the Nuggets would be more worth it than Blake, but the risk with Blake is high for any franchise. If Draymond continues to regress and Blake can't get healthy – all of a sudden, the Warriors are kind of trapped. But I still don't think that'd be enough for them to say no. If that trade was on the table, I believe both sides would accept it. I would just feel immensely disgusting for being the team that helped the Warriors recreate their dynasty. I don't give a shit stars. about that. I okay. do. <laughs> well, first of all, I don't know if I agree that that's what would happen. We're about to enter the most competitive season of basketball maybe ever. I feel like there's more teams that can win a title next year than ever before. And ever. that's even before the Houston Rockets do whatever batshit crazy thing they're going to try and do in the offseason. Uh, so to me, this creates like the most switchable, best passing, down low, creative, shot creating big men maybe ever in the history of the league. I mean... That, that whole team is going to be able to play anywhere on the court except for Steph Curry. But, like, the whole rest of that team is completely switchable. They can play defense anywhere. They can play offense anywhere they want. It's like it's almost – it's the closest thing that they can do, in my opinion, to re-adding Kevin Durant to their team. And if you break down that pick as far as, like, what that pick could actually – or what that trade could actually be, you're really probably trading uh, LaMelo and – uh, Andrew Wiggins for Blake Griffin and probably like Isaac Okoro or Anyeka Ngankwu. But uh, best case scenario for them, Wiseman. Best case scenario, Wiseman falls, which I don't think would be totally out of the realm. Or what if Denny Abija falls, who I think is probably the Perfect best fit. fit for that team. Perfect yeah, fit. him and Wiseman. Uh, I think that they can accomplish more with less by doing that. Uh, but you're right that there is some Blake concern. But the thing about the Blake trade is that there's only two years of his contract left. You'd have him for this year and the next year. And then, and then a gone. player option. I or thought it was this. I thought oh, it was no, the second right, year with right. the player I'm option. I'm thinking of this year, but starting. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So you'd get one year and a player option. And I don't think that that's a ton of risk to take on Blake because I think for one of those two seasons, at least, he'll be healthy. Because yeah. it kind of seems like he kind of has like a one-on, one-off type injury. Uh, and maybe in that in those on-year and off-years, he's got like a nagging injury on the on-year and he misses a few games or he's healthy for some of the off-year. So uh, I think that you'll probably get a pretty decent value out of it. And if you're the Pistons, like Andrew Wiggins is 25 
And I think that there's still room. He's only been in the league for five years. He was a player who deserved a large contract of some kind, not the contract he has, but a pretty big contract. Like he could, he's got some, you know, he was a second pick. I think Uh, the, the raw talent is there. And Dwayne Casey, like I just, if, if Dwayne Casey has like really been given the keys to the car and has the ability to say, Andrew Wiggins, you're playing 15 minutes tonight. Get your ass on my bench. Uh, I think that that could do some good for that team. And I think that it's also a, a helpful tank move too because Andrew Wiggins, Lamelo, Seku is like a weird like two years a away blast. type core. It's a blast. I mean, Wiggins is yeah. not going to be part of your future long, long term. No, but for right. the next couple of years, he's fun to watch and he doesn't make you any better. So that's cool. Right. Um, he's empty calories. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. I got one more thing for you. Then we got to get on to fantasy football because my gut's telling me it's going to be a really long segment. When we do record it's it, it's going to be a sit down when you pee type thing. Yes. Uh, I'm going to read you all the games we'll see on Monday because the show will air Tuesday at 8. And I want you to tell me what the series are going to look like come Tuesday. So, Monday, we got Bucks Magic. The series is currently 2 1. Will it be 3 1? Yes. Yes. Rockets Thunder. Series is currently 2 1. Rockets, Rockets win. 3 1. Yes. Pacers 3 0. Heat. Will it be 3 1? No. Heat yes, sweep. Will. Nope, Pacers. Uh, Lakers-Blazers, series is currently 2-1. Will the Lakers pull a Clippers and look like they might be on the verge of a collapse and have a 2-2? I'd like to say yes, but the Blazers are pretty banged up, and Zach Collins is out, right? He has to have surgery or whatever. So uh, Lakers get lucky, and they should. End of the draft? I think it could end up being a steal. Uh, my like for the Patriots this year is Nikhil Harry. If he can get on a goddamn football field, the ball has to go somewhere, and it's. I don't think it's going to be going to Devin Asiasi, uh, their starting corner, and I don't think that Mohamed Sanu is an A1, you're really even like kind of a mid to low tier second receiver in the NFL. Uh, so I, I think that if Nikhil Harry is healthy, and I think that if he shows the flashes of the guy he was supposed to be when they drafted him in the first round, Nikhil Harry, for what you're going to be paying for, which is like – one of the last rounds of the draft, you can get some sick value out of Nikhil Harry this year. Yeah, I love that. I love that because, again, this was a guy with high expectations. It's not like he came into the league expecting to be a bottom-level wide receiver. This is a guy with wide receiver one for an individual team potential. Uh, sorry, and- I should say that they have Julian Edelman. Sorry, because I, I know that there's people yelling at the screen right now. I know they have Julian Edelman. I don't think he's going to be anything close to what we expect from Julian Edelman this year. No, yeah. I mean, you're going from the ultimate nickel and dime quarterback to a guy who is definitely not that. Uh, you're going to look to open up the field, go big plays, and Nikhil Harry is for that. Uh, my dislike for the Patriots is James White. Uh, we're 10-team PPR, by the way, for everybody at home. Um, but this is a guy who played with Tom Brady who loves to dump the ball off. Like I just said, the ultimate nickel and dime quarterback. Uh, but he's going in the 10th or 11th round. Uh, that value is going to drop way off. The receptions are probably going to drop way off. So I just don't like him this year. I don't even know if I'd roster him. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I will. I mean, I know it gets like kind of bare running back towards the end of the draft. and You're kind of like, eh, I can take another. But uh, we should say real quick, because we're still on the first team, uh, this is going to be 10-team PPR. Did we say that? 
Yeah, yeah, I just did. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So my dislike is Julian Edelman, who is being drafted in the eighth round, give or take, early early end of the eighth round, which is probably where you'd be taking something like your flex player or something kind of a high a high tier backup or a low tier starter. And to me, Julian Edelman, until he proves me otherwise with a different quarterback at the age that he's at, uh, is just not going to be a guy that I want to be a starting player on my roster for fantasy football this year. We're so deep on fantasy football, uh, on receivers this year for fantasy football. I'd much rather take a flyer on one of the rookies uh, and maybe or something something like a like a maybe take a flyer on like a like just anybody young who has a chance. You know, I, I don't really want Julian Edelman this year. Yeah, that's fair. When you get that high up in age, I mean, obviously there's the injury risk too. Um, if I could get him in round 10, round 11, then I would really consider doing it because yeah. there's some upside there. There's some actual yeah. upside. And Julian Edelman creates separation. So it's not like the guy has to be the most perfectly accurate quarterback to give him value. Uh, but I'm not taking him in the eighth round. There's no way. Because he's not going to give you even flex value this season. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm looking at Cam Newton's the 14th quarterback off the board. Which is okay. That makes sense to me. You could take him as like kind. Yeah, I, that's, uh, I, I assume you'll get about that value out of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you, let's move into the next team. We got a lot of teams. We're gonna probably yes, move pretty quickly. Uh, the Bills. My like Josh Allen. He's going in the tenth round. Uh, Three thousand passing yards last year, which I assume will go up. Nine rushing touchdown last year's, which I assume will go down just a tick. Uh, the rushing yards will probably still be there. Uh, but the addition of Stefan Diggs for the deep play with this team and that guy's arm, he's going to be a stud. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he finishes in your top seven, eight, even five or six, top five or six fantasy quarterbacks this year. That Bills team is going to be awesome, and Josh Allen is going to be awesome. This is, I think, the first time that we'll get the chance to delineate between real-life quarterback and fantasy football quarterback. Uh, and to me, Josh Allen is a great fantasy football quarterback, but has yet to prove to me that he's an elite real-life quarterback. But that's not what we're talking about right here. Uh, my like for the Bills is actually also Josh Allen, uh, who I think is going to be ridiculous for fantasy this year. Lots of tools, right? All the new toys. Uh, great coach. Good staff. Everything seems up for the Bills this year. Let's see. You know, I like Josh Allen. Yeah. My dislike, Devin Singletary going in the sixth round. His average draft position is 66th. He was the 32nd ranked running back last year. He's going off the board as the 23rd running back this year. Uh, doesn't get a whole ton of receptions. And he averaged 5.1 yards per carry last year. I just, I can't imagine him going back-to-back -back seasons with over five yards per carry. That is what elite running backs do. That's the Zeke Elliott's. That's the Saquon Barkley. And even they struggle to get to five yards per carry. Uh, so I'm staying away from Devin Singletary. Uh, my dislike is John Brown. Uh, I just don't want him at all. I don't care where he's being drafted. I wouldn't take him. Was pretty decent uh, last year as a fantasy wideout. But I think the addition of Stephon Diggs and I think Cole Beasley is going to be the check down guy. Uh, so you've kind of got maybe as a middle tier receiver, John Brown goes out. But I also think they're going to add a tight end at some point, like a real one, and that's going to be tough for them. Uh, I actually I like Devin Singletary. They did bring in Zach Moss, who I believe is expected to get some carries. And the big thing for Singletary last year was that there was nobody else in that backfield. So, cool. The Jets, this like was easy for me, as easy as it got the whole time. It's Le'Veon Bell. He's going in the fourth, sometimes the fifth round. Uh, the Jets invested basically their whole offseason – 
was let's get this offensive line right. They got depth pieces. They got at least two or three starters for that offensive line. Uh, and if you can get that guy in the fourth, fifth round, and all of a sudden he returns to the first, second round form that we've seen out of him before, that's your steal of the draft. That wins you your championship. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, my my like is also Le'Veon Bell mostly because my dislike is everybody else in the Jets uh, is like the rest of the Jets. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is being drafted as the 18th running back. I mean, let me ask you, let's do some would you rather, Chris Carson or Le'Veon Bell? Mm, Le'Veon Bell, but not by a ton. Le'Veon Bell for me for sure. Uh, Leonard Fournette? Uh, Le'Veon Bell. I agree. I mean, that's uh, that's basically eight spots in the draft right there. Uh, <clears throat> just those two. And then you get into, like, Joe Mixon. Do you trust Joe Mixon with the 25th pick? I would much rather take Le'Veon at 32 or 33. Yeah, if I can get – I'd take Le'Veon in the third over Joe in the second, but I think Joe will probably be better than Le'Veon this year. But still, it's, it's the boom or bust potential of these guys. And Le'Veon has as much boom potential as anybody in the league – and if you're taking him in the fourth round, then you're not as worried about the bust potential. I think, he's at least yeah. going to be decent. I agree. There's very, very, very little bust potential. He'd have to get injured. You know, They're going to check down to him a lot, too. I think that's going to be a part of the game plan this year. Also, something that shocked me that I know you'll like, uh, not shocked me because it makes sense, but could really have some return value on him. Sam Darnold's going undrafted. And I really think he could have a growth year here. Uh, yeah. So I've liked Sam Darnold uh, most of the time that I've been able to see him play. He just seems like he might be cursed. Uh, I'm. I know what you're saying. I hear you. But I'm gonna... again, I would, I'm, I'm probably not drafting him, but I might add him off off waivers come the start of the season if he's having a hot first couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Miami, my like, and people at home, I think are going to like this one. The Dolphins defense, which is right now being Ooh. drafted as the 28th defense in the league. It's a defense that added Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Emmanuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson, and Eric Flowers. These are, these are, these are star players across the board that are going to make an impact on this defense. This could be a top 10 defense in football, like pretty easily. It's uh, going to be one of the most improved teams this year. Uh, seems kind of like the opposite of the Jets, where everything is going pretty well. Uh, has the chance to have a potential real good quarterback situation. Uh, my like for them is going to be uh, Devontae Parker. I think that this is the year that hashtag Devontae Parker breaks out. Yeah, do you? This I'm is the sixth year in a row Devontae Parker would have to break out. <laughs> and it's it's actually a little funny to me because my dislike is Devontae Parker. Mm. And it's not because of where he's going in the draft. I think he could get you value in the seventh or eighth round. It's because he's going in front of guys like A.J. Green, like Michael Gallup, like Henry Ruggs, who I think could be an absolute fantasy stud for where he's going this yeah. year. Yeah. So, again, I think he could get you value for where he's going, but if some of those guys are still on the board, I don't see the upside in taking Devontae Parker. This is kind of an irrational pick because I've already made that exact argument for a receiver going, like, two spots after him in Julian Edelman. <laughs> so this is not fact-based. This is uh, this is a heart pick. Who's your dislike? Yeah. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so my dislike is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Get him away from me. Yeah, like he's not dislike, even start. Yeah, right. My other dislike is Mike Gesicki. Uh, to me, 
tight ends are a pretty heavy dice roll. And I think that this guy is the dice roller of all dice rolls with an influx quarterback situation with some questionable running backs and receivers around him. Maybe where's he going? Let me like confirm where he's going here. The only reason I would disagree with that is because often you'll see rookie quarterbacks rely heavily on tight ends. And we're going to see Tua playing as much as he can play this year. He's going to be starting week one. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, he should be at least. I mean, he's he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no debate about that. Uh, so I think I I think I disagree with that. Uh, he's going right in the like Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Eric Ebron, Chris Herndon range, and I would take any of those guys before I take Kasicki. Yeah, I probably would too. So even Hawk, we have the same. Yeah, oh yeah. We'll talk about Hawk a little bit later. I think he's going to come up. Yeah. Him. I got some big thoughts on him. On to the AFC North with the last year's one seed in the AFC, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, my like is Hollywood Brown going in the eighth, ninth yeah. round. Added 25 pounds of muscle this offseason. Had a really good rookie year. He wasn't a star by any means, but he was consistently good. Um, I just think this is a guy who's eventually going to be a star, and it normally happens pretty quick with wide receivers. You'll see it in year two or year three, uh, and this is the year for him. And that offense where everything's wide open the entire time with as good of a route runner as he is, another guy who I think could be an absolute steal in the eighth and ninth round. Uh, my like, let me just confirm this here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So my like is going to be Lamar Jackson, wherever you're drafting them. It's not soon enough. That's, that's what I think. That's fair. He's the ultimate running quarterback. He's going to be better this year. He's got more tools. He's got another year in the system. The only thing that I can think that would slow him down would be the like NFL defenses have had a year to watch the tape or whatever. And I don't even really believe in that so that or an injury i mean that or an injury sure. only two yeah my dislike and i feel like people are kind of sleeping on this if you really kind of dive into the stats you'll see why but it's mark ingram who's going in the seventh oh, round yeah that's my dislike uh, too. he only had 37 percent of the team's carries last year but he was super super efficient uh but that efficiency is going to be hard to replicate for another year i just talked about that earlier Running back efficiency for guys who aren't the elite of the elite is super hard to replicate. And on top of that, they took J.K. Dobbins. And J.K. Dobbins yes, is that's... going to be a star. He's going to take some of those few carries Mark Ingram had away. Will Mark Ingram still have a good amount of touchdowns? Yeah, because he'll get the goal line carries. Uh, but will he be the guy he was last year? Probably not. You're basically projecting Mark Ingram to be like your second running back or your flex player. Uh, J.K. Dobbins could – I mean, J.K. Dobbins, if he's – what he sold as is gonna take a lot of carries you know i also i also just think like as a concept this year that the ravens are gonna throw more and they're gonna throw deep more uh there's a whole bunch of metrics about how accurate lamar jackson is on deep throws and mid-range throws so uh his weakness has kind of been the short throws which i think can also qualify as dump off throws uh i don't want mark ingram this year just don't want him. liked him last year liked him last year didn't yeah, want him this year very good last year the steelers uh, after a, a debate we had on the show a few weeks ago about the Steelers, I had a semi-hard time finding a dislike for this team, but my like is Big Ben. And I spent probably 10 minutes on the show telling everybody he's not good anymore, but you can get him in the last round. You can get him in the 15th round, and there is no reason not to take him there if you're looking for a backup quarterback because the upside's there. He has Juju Smith-Schuster to throw to. He has James Conner, a receiving back, coming out of the backfield. 
Uh, so I'm going to say Big Ben all day in the 15th round. I'll take him there anytime. So he's going at QB 16. So he's going in the like Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow. He's going after Cam Newton. He's going uh, right before Jimmy Garoppolo. And I would rather have him than a lot of those guys I just mentioned. All of those uh, guys. I I think the Steelers are going to be good this year. My What did you just do? You did like, right? So my like yeah. for the Steelers is uh, also going to be uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to oh. be good this year. Sorry. Who's your dislike? The Steelers' defense. Uh, and the reason why is just they're being drafted as the second defense off the board. And they were they were like an elite defense this year. But one thing we know now about turnovers is that when you're sky high in turnover ratio and turnovers created, uh, that that number tends to regress in the next year. And I think that that was what made the Steelers team an elite uh, sec- special teams unit. Uh, I also don't think they're going to be on the field as much, uh, which might cut back on some of those uh, turnovers as well. Yeah. Uh, my dislike, even though I just told you he's going to be good this year, is Juju Smith-Schuster going in the th- early third round. He's the 12th-ranked wide receiver. But he's a guy who just hasn't been good anytime he stepped out of the slot. And I think there's people around him who you can get real star potential with, uh, including a guy who's going four picks after that we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but he's not the first-round value or probably even the second-round value that we were hoping for the last couple of years. So he's my dislike here. And I think a lot of drafts will see him go quite a bit higher than 34. So uh, I don't I don't dislike that. Uh, I'll tell you, my, my dislike is going to be – I just want to pull up his draft position first real quick before I say anything. Uh, shit, where'd it go? One moment, please. Oh, there it is. Uh, James Conner, who I don't think is a good running back. Uh, I didn't think he was good last year, and I was right. And I don't think he's going to be any better this year, and I bet I'm right again. I I was ready to pick him, but for some reason, and I can't tell you what the reason is, I really root for James Conner. And I think he could have a bounce back year now that the offense is going to be a little bit more versatile and they can't just stack the box against him like they could with the quarterback play last year. But I don't hate the pick. In like the the fifty eight pick range, which is where he's going, you should be taking a receiver at that point. Yeah, uh, with how deep receiver is. Correct. Yeah, that's the there's there's this nice like thirty to sixty range for receivers where you're gonna really get some good receivers for some good pointage. <laughs> good Sorry, that's pointage. not a word. Pointage. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, my like another guy who I'm ranking in probably my top five likes that you'll hear in the show. Odell Beckham Jr. is going in the late mm. third, early fourth round. Mm-hmm. Last year, he had the worst year he's going to have, and it still was 74 catches and 1,000 yards. Now, he only had four touchdowns, uh, but barring injury, I'd say there's a 0.001% chance he has four or less touchdowns this year. He probably will increase the receptions, and he'll probably increase the yards. Baker's going to be better. The offense is just generally going to be better. I think we'll see this year – from the Browns, what a lot of people were expecting to see last year. Now that Baker's a little bit more settled in, he's been pretty open and saying he just kind of lost it last year mentally. He wasn't right. He was down on himself. Uh, so him and OBJ is going to be the comeback connection of the year, and he's going to be awesome. He's going to be a top seven fantasy wide receiver this year. To me, the Browns are, I think I've even said this on the show before, the epitome of a post-type sleeper which is exactly where you're looking to get value. Guys who burned people last year for reasons that we don't totally understand, where you can get 
value for this year. My like is also Eldell Beckham, but I'll also throw in the like Baker Mayfield's on my radar this year. Yeah. Uh, I I just I just think he's good. I, I I you and I are big fans of kind of the way he carries himself. He's got he's got swag. He, he tells it like it is. Uh, I like Baker Mayfield a lot, and I will continue to support him. He's going quarterback twenty one, so he's going in the Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Drew Locke range. He's going to get you way higher value than quarterback twenty one. There's no way he's not a better fantasy football quarterback this year than Ryan Tannehill. Sorry, yeah. there's just no way. Exactly. Um, my dislike for the Browns, another Browns wide receiver is going to be Jarvis Landry, who's going late sixth, early seventh round. Um, but he kind of had to pick up some slack for OBJ last year, and he's not going to have to do that this year. Now, he had, I think, 90 receptions last year. And although he's a guy who's going to catch the ball a lot, if there's weeks where OBJ is just going absolutely bananas, that's going to cut back on those. I think he loses anywhere from like 10 to 15 receptions this year which is going to be, you know, 100-plus yards on the season. Uh, so still a good pick if you can get him in round eight or nine, but right now you're not able to get him there. Uh, so my dislike is Jarvis Landry. Uh, my dislike is also Jarvis Landry uh, for a lot of, honestly, a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned. Uh, there's just a lot of receivers out there this year, and I don't think that he's going to be the same guy he was last year. 90 receptions. I don't think he repeats that. You know, in PPR, I mean, he's a good player for PPR. But for me, you want Jarvis Landry as one of your last receivers on your team. He wants you want him to be your like shit, fuck, bye week Phil guy. Uh, and I don't think that's what he's being drafted as. Right. Moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are going to be an exciting team and an exciting offense this year. Uh, league pass darlings, if you will. Mm -hmm. I have three people I like on this team, but I'm going to give you my top two. My first one is AJ Green who's ranked as the 29th wide yes. receiver right now, yes. which is bananas. He missed a year. I get that. He's 30. I get that. But he's got this young quarterback with a arm from heaven who is going to rely on him for a big part of the season. Uh, would you even be shocked if he was a top 10 wide receiver? Would it no. shock you? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, I also like Joe Burrow, who's going 151 average draft position, who I think could step in and be like rookie year Carson Wentz, like damn near an elite quarterback right away. And I do like Joe Mixon if you can get him in the third round. He's going at the end of the second right now, but if he slips a couple spots, this is the first time we're going to see Joe Mixon in an offense that has some space and that he can move around, run around, and actually do his thing a little bit. And he's been serviceable in the past, so with this new offense – there's a real chance he could be a star. I agree with you on AJ Green. Uh, you know, what you're looking for is a league winner. A couple of years ago, Pat Mahomes, when you could get him in the eighth round, was a league winner. You know, and I think AJ Green and where he's going is ridiculous. It's offensive. Average draft position is 81. That's crazy. That guy's <laughs> that guy's like a two. I know he's been injured, and there's some like concerns about that or whatever. But he's going. He's going after Tyler Boyd, the number yeah. two receiver. On yeah, and and on top of the like, I know he was injured last year, but let's be realistic about it. He was injured for eight weeks, and then yeah. they sat him the rest of the season. He sat there. Both sides wanted him to sit for the rest of the season. The Bengals, so they could go get Joe Burrow, and him, so he could not hurt his ankle worse and get a contract uh that he's the third one of my top five this year in ultimate steals of this draft ultimate steals of this draft 
And now that you mentioned him, my dislike, Tyler Boyd. He had 90 catches, 1,000 yards last year. He's taken a backseat. He's not going to be the number one target for a team. I know his quarterback will be better, which will make up for some of that. Uh, But when A.J. Green's there, we've seen him be nowhere near the player he was last year. Will he still be good? Yeah. Should you take him in the eighth round? Hell no. My dislike uh, is uh, Joe Mixon who doesn't give you jack nothing in PPR, uh, in my opinion, is going to be kind of the odd man out in this offense. It's going to be a flinging offense. Uh, and I don't like taking Joe Mixon as... So my like, Patty Mahomes, duh. He's going 16th. He can single-handedly win you a championship. I mean, if you, t- if you get him at 16, you're going to have a top three fantasy quarterback no matter what. Uh, so I love him where he's going. My like is Tyreek Hill, who even at wide receiver four, in my opinion, has as like at least as high a chance as any of those guys going before him to be the best receiver in fantasy football this year. There's no way he's going to be worse. There's it's, they're going to be better. Uh, he, he's going to have more help. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be locked in. Uh, give me Tyreek Hill at the 15th pick every day, every draft. I don't hate uh, it. I just get scared with guys that small getting banged up. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, that guy is like a track athlete to me. He's just – he's crazy. Uh, my dislike is uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going to take a rookie running back in a pass-first offense, 13th overall. That's cool, but that's that's a very that's the ultimate high risk pick. And fantasy football is all about minimizing risk. I think that's the best way to play, or at least like the best way to play if you're trying to win. Uh, minimize risk, and this is high risk to me. Not to mention, he wasn't even a top three running back on most yeah. people's actual draft board. I mean, I get it; he can catch the ball. He he's going to play out of the backfield and be a really interesting addition to that to that offense and get a decent amount of carries. But the, he will in no way be the offensive focal point of that team, which is what you need to be to be drafted 13th overall. Yeah. Early second round, some people are taking him in the late first. The the boom bust, I mean, there's some boom there, right? You you could you could get a really damn good player. But the bust potential for this pick is enormous. The biggest bust potential for anybody in this draft, I think, period. I don't think there's an argument to be had there. And again, he could be good. He could live up to value, but the odds of that happening are much lower than the odds of him just completely fizzling out and not being what everybody expected. There's no way he can possibly outperform where he's being drafted. That's impossible. There's just no way. 13th. I mean, he's, he's being drafted before Tyreek Hill. He's the first Chiefs player off the board, and I think he should be the third. <laughs> he's being drafted before Tyreek Hill and Patty and, Mahomes. And Travis Kelsey, who plays like an even more valuable guaranteed position, you know? Yeah. Best case scenario, he's the fourth most important piece in that offense this year. Yeah. You're going to take, you're going to use, you're going to use the third pick in the second round on that guy. I don't I know mean, if I'd take the third pick in the third round on that guy. I really yeah. don't. It's tough with running backs because everybody's so desperate for him, and that's why he's risen. Is that the, the idea that there's guaranteed minutes there or, or uh, carries? Ball, carries, thank you. Touches. Uh, I just feel like everybody's discounting the idea that like they could just go out and be like, "Yeah, you want a fifth round pick for Jordan Howard?" And the Dolphins will be like, "Yes, please." You know? I, yeah. Yeah. And and the idea that there's going to be weeks where the Chiefs are just like, "Well, I guess we have to throw the ball 53 times to win this week." 
Yeah, so, teams are going to get up for the Chiefs this year. You know, I mean, they were last year, and they're going to do it again this year. Right. So, uh, moving on to Denver, uh, I like Noah yeah. Font going in the twelfth round, the eleventh ranked tight end, uh, <sighs> five hundred sixty yards, four touchdowns last year in his age twenty one rookie season. The athleticism reminds you of Vernon Davis. How can it not? He streaks down the, the sideline like a wide receiver. Um, he's on his way. He's one of two young tight ends, both from Iowa, who are on their way to becoming year in, year out, top seven tight ends in the league. I like him. And then I also love Jerry Judy, who is going to be yeah. like Michael Thomas light right away. My like is Jerry Judy, uh, 44th receiver off the board. Would much rather have him than quite a few of these people kind of around him. Uh, uh, I really, I really disagree with you on Noah Font. Uh, and I, and the reason why is that he's the twelfth tight end off the board, and he was invisible in quite a few games last year. And you saw flashes of it, right? He does have a lot of those like athleticism traits that you're describing, uh, but there, that's a risky pick on somebody who, in my opinion, I had him on my roster last year, and I kind of was like waiting for him to get going, and then the Broncos kind of started heating up a little bit, and I was like, okay, here we go. And I, I just never really felt like he got there. It, Drew Locke, I think we don't know a lot about what that's going to look like this year. Uh, and it's just tight ends are, you know, if you want him to be your second tight end, you know, you can do that. He's tight end 11, excuse me. But, <laughs> I mean, Rob Gronkowski is tight end 6 right now. So, really, he's like tight end 10 to me. Yeah. Which, uh, and Tyler Higby is 8. So, I, he was tight. He was tight end 16 last year in his rookie season. We know that yeah. tight ends take a year at least, right? Now, that's where you're worried. Is it going to be one of these tight ends who takes a few years? Or is he going to take one year and get into it? With his athleticism, and that's my selling point on this, is I think with a bomb the ball down the field type quarterback like Drew Locke, he could really make an impact. I mean, if he gets you six touchdowns, 800 yards, he's top 10 tight end. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of was hoping when I was watching this stuff in like March or like April when the first kind of round of mock drafts were coming out, I kind of was hoping that I was going to be able to sneak Noah Fon out at like tight end 15 or 16. It just doesn't look like I'm going to be able to do that, which is where I would have more liked him. Uh, I'd rather overdraft him at 15 than draft him appropriately at 11 or 12. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that pick. I mean, that, that definitely is one I think I could be wrong about. I'm not super confident about it. My dislike for the Denver Broncos. This one's super easy to me. Is Melvin Gordon, who's going in the early fifth round, the running back? Yeah, yeah, he's being drafted as a low end RB two, and with Philip Lindsay on that roster. Uh, who's going to get some of the receptions, some of the carries. A lot of the touches are going to go to Philip Lindsay. And not to mention, Melvin Gordon's had one really good year in his career. He has yeah. 2018 was the only year he averaged f over four yards per carry. I mean, he averaged over five that season. But every other year, he's been between three and a half and 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, so he's being drafted right now as a, as a like I said, a low-end RB2. He can't, he can't be your running back, too, if you want to win a fantasy championship this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Royce Freeman is also going to be involved. I mean, it seems like Philip Lindsay has established himself as kind of the guy over Royce Freeman, but that's going to be three running backs in the field. And Melvin Gordon's going to be the pass-catching guy, and that might get you some value, but it's not going to be RB2 value. It's going right. to be like flex to backup value. So I, I agree with you. That was the other one was just going to be their running back stable. Uh, I would just stay yeah, I'm not touching it. any of them. 
right? it's good. good it's not yeah fantasy oh game. yeah right it exactly like we talked about earlier to be really good on the football field especially with a quarterback like drew lock where you have to open up your defense you've yeah. got to play some zone you got to play some deep zone too um so the box is going to be open for these guys the Newly Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, my like is the rookie wide receiver Henry Ruggs, who's mm. the 39th ranked wide receiver, and it's, it's it's it comes down to one skill, and it's speed, pure speed. His 40 time was in the four twos. It's Tyree Kill esque speed, and if we haven't learned it yet, that speed is almost impossible to cover. You don't have to be a perfect route runner. You don't have to be super physical. You just got to beat your man down the sideline, and he's going to have the ability to do that week in and week out. Uh, I like that pick. It's not my pick, but it is my second pick. My pick is actually going to be Josh Jacobs, who is being drafted as the 12th running back, but in my opinion, the six guys in front of him are all uh, slated for worse seasons than him. He was awesome last year. He was banged up. They were resting him a little bit, and all, all, all the Gruden was talking about was we got to get this guy more involved in the pass game. After every single game for the last like five, six weeks of the season, it was we got to get the ball to Josh Moore in the pass game. Got to get the ball to Josh Moore in the pass game. And if that happens, you're looking at like a top 10 fantasy player. I mean, he's he has some serious upside. He is really good. Uh, and I think that getting him at the end of the second round is an awesome pick. I would take him before a lot of the other running backs going off the board at that range. Like Aaron Jones, who's going to be splitting carries again this year, by the way. Yep. Uh, he, I mean, he was, as far as average per game last year goes, he was running back 10, Josh Jacobs. And that's only going to get better, right? He, he was running back 10 through playing through injuries. He obviously missed three weeks. But through playing through injuries on an average per game basis, fantasy point-wise, he was running back 10. So I love that pick. He was number two on my list. Uh, my dislike, and I think you're going to hate this one, is Darren Waller. I who, don't. I actually don't. No, he's going middle of the fifth round. Dude, he was unreal last year. 90 catches, uh, 1,100 yards, but he was the main focus of that offense. And you're going to see it spread around a little bit. Um, I don't think he should go much lower than middle of the fifth round, sixth, seventh round, sure. Um, but I just feel like if you're going to take a running back or a tight end that high, um, you have some better options in or around either the third, fourth, fifth, or sixth round. You can find somebody who's going to put up similar production. Now, the ceiling's there. I get why people would take him here. Um, I'm just probably not going to take that risk because I think this Raiders offense will look a lot different in Vegas this year. Uh, I agree with you on Darren Waller. I think he's good. I think he's going to be an NFL player. Uh, I think he's a totally good tight end and is probably being drafted at right about the right spot for my money. Uh, my dislike is pretty much the rest of the Raiders. Don't really care for Derek Carr. Don't really care for Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams isn't really going to give you anything. I don't even see him like very high up on this board, but he's not on my roster. He's their wide receiver one. Uh, I don't really want Darren Waller for where he's being drafted. Uh, the defense isn't good. So my dislike is, is Hunter Renfro going to be like a legit, like under the between the seams guy this year? Maybe, but is no. that going to be enough to get you fantasy value? No. Uh, so my dislike is everybody else. I, yeah, I feel that. I understand yeah. that. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and their horrible logo, my like is Austin Eckler going in the early second round as running back 13. 
Dude, he was awesome last year before Melvin Gordon came back, and then he had his carries cut in half. He was still really good last year, by the way, um, but he's going to be the main focal point of that offense, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert starting. They're going to be looking for him out of the backfield. He's going to have a ton of receptions. Don't be shocked if he catches 100 balls this year. Um, and then he will get probably 10 to 12 carries a game on top of that. Uh, so huge upside with Austin Eckler. I love the pick there. Running back 13, I will happily have him as my RB2 on my team. Uh, I don't particularly care for Austin Eckler. He's kind of a PPR darling. So it would make sense that he'd be like pretty decently drafted. He does catch a shitload of balls. I mean, he does do that. It's undeniable. But I think you're going to see a lot of Justin Jackson this year. I think that the offense is going to be not good. They're in a transition year. Uh, we're going to see some – hang on. Is it Tyrod or Tyrod Tyler? I, I know that like everybody it, says one. It changes other. every – it was Tyrod until Hard Knocks, and then it became Tyrod. And I think it's Tyrod because I think Tyrod said it was Tyrod. So we're going to go with Tyrod. Okay, so it's Tyrod. Sorry yeah. if we're wrong. I really genuinely am sorry about that because I know that that's like a thing. Uh, so Tyrod Taylor for me is like, you know, the guy you bring in to push a rookie quarterback, right? Right. That's what he is for the last five years. Uh, so I don't know if I love Justin Herbert. I don't think you do either. I don't see him as like a, a legit game changer in the NFL this year or probably next year. Uh, but that's why it makes me love Austin Eckler because of what average quarterbacks do, dump it off to running backs all yeah. the time. Before Melvin Gordon came back between weeks one and week 10 last year, Eckler was RB10 on the season. He was a, he was the lowest end running back one. And then Gordon got there. He got his cut. There's carries cut over in half. So, yeah. So Eckler's going at like 22 ish. So like early third round there, you're kind of that early third round spot. I think I'd rather reach on somebody like uh, Leonard Fournette or Gurley or Le'Veon, right? Then go there. I just, I, I don't trust it, man. I just don't trust it. I don't think it's, I, I know, I, I agree with your logic, but I, I don't trust it. When are you going to stop buying into Leonard Fournette? Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All you see is you have LSU colored glasses guess on. Who my every like time is, guess, uh, you wanna, what, guess who my like is for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year? Leonard Fournette. Maybe. We'll have to find out. Ooh, stay tuned. Um, <laughs> and I'm just looking at my notes here. I don't have a dislike for the Chargers. So who's your dislike for the Chargers? Not that I don't not like anybody on the Chargers. I just didn't write anything down. Uh, my dislike on the Chargers is <laughs> kind of similar to the Ra to the Raiders, where like I don't really want Everybody any else. of those yeah, guys. I, you know, uh, I mean, Keenan Allen is the twenty is a wide receiver twenty two is my like. Uh, I think that's a pretty good pick for him. If you can get him at fifty seven, so you're in the sixth round and you're getting Keenan Allen, who was a early second round pick last year, and in my opinion, didn't do anything to make people believe he wasn't yeah. that. I don't uh, lit up Darius so Slay last year, and Darius Slay was playing him tight, and it didn't matter. Uh, I like Keenan Allen. Uh, he's right in that range where like you should be picking your receivers, and you're going to get some mm -hmm. value. My dislike is Hunter Henry, who I think is a great player, but appears to be made of candy glass. Uh, and I would like – okay, so – where he's being drafted, I don't want to be taking Hunter Henry. I want to either buy in early on Hunter Henry and take a high-end backup, or I want to take him if he falls. 
because uh, if you can get if Hunter Henry plays is healthy for twelve games or ten games this year, he's going to score some touchdowns. He's going to get some yards. He's going to have some receptions. He's really good. Uh, but to take him as like you're kind of nailed on tight end one, I think that if you're, I like the idea of like a Hunter Henry Noah Font combination going back to back tight ends. You're gonna, one of them is like going to perform. This is my 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 belief this year for tight ends is that you should draft three tight ends. Because one's going to get injured, one's going to be bad, and one's going to be good. Uh, I, there's a, I think that there's some deeper picks on tight end this year. Obviously, you and I are big fans of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh could be interesting, maybe. We'll see. Uh, Gesicki could be good. I know I picked him as a dislike, but he could. He's got some potential. So my dislike is Hunter Henry, who I think is just in the bat, wrong draft position. Yeah, I mean, you never want your tight end to have a body made of fine china, like <laughs> ever. So uh, moving on to the AFC South, the Colts. Uh, I'm going to give you my dislike first because mm-hmm. because it has to do with somebody we've talked about a lot on the show, and that's Marlon Mack. He's still being drafted in the later rounds, but it is Jonathan Taylor's season, baby. My dislike for the Colts is Jonathan Taylor, who I think is being drafted under the assumption that he's going to be the tacked on 80% of the carries running back this year, and he's not. Marlon Mack was really good last year, finally, for the first time in his like long period of his career, and I think that Jonathan Taylor isn't going to be a factor until probably week six or seven, especially given the football season that we're about to walk into, where I think that rookies outside of receivers who can just run really fast in a straight line are going to be not as useful, not as used, especially early on. Uh, I don't think we'll see a whole lot of rookie running backs. I'm foreshadowing a little bit on some other picks, but until week six, uh, until week five, until with the exception of Hilaire. Uh, so I my dislike is Jonathan Taylor, who's being drafted as running back 22. So he's going before Devin Singletary and Mark Ingram and – you know, cam makers, guys who are really going to have a shot at like being the A one back. Yep, I don't, I don't hate your dislike of Jonathan Taylor because I think you're probably right with what you said. It's going to be a couple weeks, yeah. um, but he is going to get there eventually, which is eventually. going to destroy Marlon Max value. He's not going to be worth it. Uh, the second uh, half of the season. He's going to be nothing because Jonathan Taylor's special. I agree with you about Marlon Mack, though that he isn't going to be worth taking this year in fantasy football. Uh, For that reason that I just said, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to vulture some of those carries. Yep. My like, and it's a high-risk like here, folks, but it's T.Y. Hilton who's going in the sixth round. He was wide receiver like 50-something last year, uh, but he's going to have a more competent quarterback. Phillip Rivers is going to be in there. Uh, And if he's healthy, we've seen it in the past, and we'll probably see it again. He's – a top 15 wide receiver, top 20 wide receiver at worst. Uh, so there is some risk there with his health and what we saw when he was healthy last year, uh, but I'm willing to take that risk in the sixth round on T.Y. Hilton. My like is Philip Rivers, yeah. who is playing in front of the best offensive line he has ever played in front of by a huge margin, has a deeper set of weapons, in my opinion, probably has better coaching than what he was getting from Norm Turner. Uh, going is the quarterback 27, which is after Tua, which is after Teddy Bridgewater, which is after Gardner Minshew, which is one before Derek Carr, and two quarterbacks before Colin Kaepernick. 
So you basically like, so if you're Philip Rivers is ADP is 168 and Colin Kaepernick's is 169.7. So if you're telling me that Philip Rivers has the same value as a guy who hasn't played in the NFL for six years, then I'm going to take Philip Rivers. <laughs> All right. To be fair about Colin Kaepernick, the highest your ADP can be is 169.9 because there's 16 rounds. Oh, I see that. Okay. So he's in the Nathan Peterman range. Yeah. People love taking Colin Kaepernick at the I last I think Philip Rivers has a year or two of gas left in the tank. And I think he's going to, I think we're going to see yeah. that this year. In a year or two, Philip Rivers will be 107 years old with 34 kids. I don't know, man. I don't know if you can raise 13 kids and be 40, and be a good NFL quarterback. It just seems like an impossible task. His wife has to be like the Philip Rivers of child rearing because she that is like Average. incredible. Like, <laughs> no, come on. I mean, like that makes her an NFL quarterback of, You're right. of You're child right. rearing. She's elite when it comes to the, the the average population. <laughs> when it comes to the best of the best, she's pretty average. I'm looking uh, for uh, one more that I also wanted to say, but I can't find him. I had it and I lost it. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. might be worth a flyer. If you see him get hot early, I would grab him. He's undrafted. Yeah, yeah I found it. He's undrafted. But if you're two weeks in and Michael Pittman has like 10 receptions and a touchdown, grab him. Take him. You want him. A uh, lot of skill. Kind of fell a little bit, quote unquote, second round pick, but because of how many uh, uh, receivers there were in the draft this year. Agreed. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, my like... This guy might sneak his way into my top five mega likes. That's what I'm going to start calling it. My top five mega, mega likes. likes. Yes, exactly. DJ Shark. Uh, the dude's going in the seventh round. He was wide receiver 16 last year, being drafted as wide receiver 27. Him and Gardner Minshew have another year under their belt to get stuff together. Um, with the potential he showed last year, this is a guy who could sneak around that top 10. Uh, so if I can get him in the early seventh round, I'm taking it all day. My like for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like DJ Chark, by the way. I think that's a decent pick. And there's not a whole lot to like pick from here. Uh, unless you're like high on LaVisca Chenault, which I don't think either of us are. No. Uh, Gardner, uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, uh, who is being drafted. Yeah, he's going to be it. Yeah. He's going to, the talent is there. I, I think that he needs to be traded from the Jaguars, but the dude just, like takes hits, takes a takes a lick in it, and keeps on ticking. Uh, and then it gets hurt. Sometimes, sometimes he gets hurt. How but many years the, in a row are we allowed to say the talent is there? Uh, I mean, didn't I just pick Devonte Parker earlier? <laughs> I mean, I know that I kind of did it for the memes a little bit, but still. So he's been in the league. So 2017, he was the fourth pick. Uh, so that's. Three years ago, right? That's three football seasons. This is going to be his third football season. Fourth I just want to make sure. Season. Fourth football season. So his first one, like he was, he got injured. He ran out of gas. Uh, and I get that. But last year, I mean, last year, eleven hundred fifty yards, three touchdowns, seventy-five receptions. Uh, that's. I, there's no way he doesn't, in my opinion, repeat that with what they have going on this year. He's going to be the focal point of the offense. Yeah, and every, there's going to be. All 11 guys are going to be in the box. They're just going to – they're not even going to cover the wide receivers. They're just going to put everybody in the box and say, just stand here. He'll run straight into you and you can tackle him. 
I think I'm betting that they won't be able to do that by a certain point in the season. I think I'm kind of gambling that maybe some Gardner Minshew play action might, with the receivers that they have in that room now, be a little more effective. Their receivers are better this year. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, my dislike is the Jaguars' defense. Their ranking is low, uh, but for the people who don't mess around with rankings, they might get bamboozled by the name value. The Jaguars' defense has been good multiple years in a row. Don't take them. Don't take them at all. Don't add them. They're going to be one of the worst defenses in the league, and that offense is not going to be able to stay on the field for long periods of time. So this is a warning. If you don't pay attention to rankings, which I know a lot of people think they're too smart to do, don't take the Jaguars' defense. Uh, my dislike is everything because the Jaguars are going to be one of the worst teams in football this year, if not the worst team in football this year. Uh, so just do yourself a favor and maybe take a gamble on Leonard Fournette and then forget that the Jaguars exist. God, I really hope Trevor Lawrence doesn't end up in fucking Jacksonville. And if he does, I hope it's the London Knights by next year. I mean, so if you, if you're the Jaguars and you look at this offense and you trade, or uh, so <laughs> if you're the Jaguars and you're Trevor Lawrence and you're looking at this offense and you're taking Trevor Lawrence first and then you're taking all defense for the rest of the draft, I actually think that that might not be, that might look a little more like the Bengals this year with Joe Burrow to me than anything. Best, absolute best case scenario. But yeah, I, yeah. I, you just, I mean, you really, you'd have to hit on all those defensive picks. Nobody wants to go to Jacksonville because they don't know how long the team is going to be in Jacksonville. They might be in London in three years. If any team moves to London, it's going to be them. Their owner, uh, what's his name, Sasha Khan? Sasha Khan? Mm -hmm. uh, he wants to move the team to London. He's been pretty transparent about it. So it's just hard to build a team when the future is so unknown. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans. For my like, I have nobody. I don't like anybody on the Titans. Uh, yeah, Titans are all very, very either properly rated or a little overrated, I think. There's more to dislike here than to like for fantasy. If you're going to like anybody, it's Joanna Smith who's going as tight end 20, and you can hope that that big body kind of has like a Darren Waller type season, obviously not as much production, but like a decent production, and he maybe could slide in as a back-end tight end one for your team. Uh, my dislike is Derrick Henry, who is going average draft position of 7.8. Um, I don't want the guy who runs, who's over the last two years ran the ball more than anybody in football, who now is going to be the only thing defenses game plan against against the Titans. If you stop Derrick Henry, you stop the Titans. He's not going to catch enough passes to be better than Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Alvin Kamara. None of those guys. He won't be better than yeah. any of those guys without the receptions. Even if he goes for 11, 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, the receptions, he's going to have like 15, 20 throughout the whole year. Uh, so I'm not I'm not taking Derrick Henry in the first round. Uh, I'm going to echo that. My dislike is also Derrick Henry. Uh, the thing about Derrick Henry is that he's awesome in the fantasy playoffs. But the problem is he's not going to be good to get you there. And that was fine when you could take him in the third or fourth round and he'd kind of be your second running back. But now when you got to take him seventh or six, excuse me, six, oh, 7.7. .7. Okay. So you have to take him in the mid late first round. You don't, you have to hit on that guy. That guy has to contribute right. every week. And every I, week. I, I haven't seen that from Derrick Henry. Awesome. For three weeks out of the year. 
the best the, running back in football for three weeks. The Houston Texans. Uh, my like, it's a, it's a high-risk like going in the early ninth round, Will Fuller. When he's healthy, he's proven he can be a super, super productive wide receiver who catches a lot of balls and catches touchdowns. Uh, but Brandon Cooks is their wide receiver one right now. He's had an injury-riddled pass. Um, so it would then be between him and Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb was good last year, but one, he's had health problems himself. And two, the guy is just old now. He, I, yeah, I don't know how old he yeah. is, but he's got to be old. Like, I, I feel like I'm I Seriously, Randall I think Cobb he's like 35, 36. I'm going to look yeah, real quick. Yeah, so he's, he's at least getting up there. Um, and then my dislike for the oh, Texans. He's 30. 30 still. That's old for a wide yeah. receiver. Surprising uh, I thought he was older. My dislike – uh, it's funny. I texted my buddy Mike about this one, so shout out Mike, and this is what he said because he what agreed. Up, Mike? It's David Johnson who's going forty-seven. No, he said, "Fool me once, shame on you. Oh, yeah. Fool me <laughs> twice, shame on me. It's over. His reign of fantasy terror is no more." Verbatim, that's his words. So I, I love that. Um, I'm gonna agree too. I I want David Johnson to be good. I love David Johnson. I want him to be good so bad, but I'm not getting burned by him again. I'm just not. Okay. So my <laughs> my dislike, uh, I actually have two pretty serious dislikes. One of them is Will Fuller. Uh, talk about fool me once. It's more like break my break my arm once, shame on me. <laughs> break my other arm, shame on you. My leg explodes, shame on everybody. Uh, my um, my real dislike is Deshaun Watson. He's going as QB three. Uh, not that Deshaun Watson isn't an incredible quarterback, and not that he's not a running quarterback, but I, as a philosophy this year, don't think you should be reaching on quarterbacks, except for maybe Lamar Jackson, but he's going like 17, so it's not really a reach. Uh, quarterback is so deep this year. In my opinion, you should just kind of wait, feel it out, and if Deshaun Watson falls to you as QB4 or 5, great, that's your pick. But if you're going to go up to, like, 35 to get him, no, thank you. Uh, my like is David Johnson. Uh, I actually agree with what Mike is saying in the sense that, like, what he means is David Johnson is not an elite fantasy option anymore. But the numbers say that everybody has caught up to that. So David Johnson's ADP is 47. He's running back 19. Uh, so that puts him very squarely in the second running back category. And if we're talking about outperforming where you're drafted, the, the odds of him outperforming being the uh, mid to late fourth round pick are sky high. They're going to run the ball. He's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. They're going to have to dump the ball off to him. They still don't have that good of an offensive line. You know, uh, I think Bill O'Brien's a good coach, bad GM, good coach. Uh, he'll scheme some guys open. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. That's a big old barrel of catches. And I know that like that's the Will Fuller argument is that somebody's got to replace that. But I think it's going to be more David Johnson than anybody else. I think he stands to exceed his rating. And I am for sure taking David Johnson every time I can. If it's like in the fourth or fifth round, he's mine every time. I hope. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But that is the AFC. Before we move on to the NFC. I uh, just want to remind you all you're watching Fan to Fan Detroit on the Planet Ant Podcast Network. You can catch us on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify. You want to hit us up on Twitter, yell at us about something we said on the show. He's at Parker underscore Hammond, and I am at Fan to Fan Drew or at Fan to Fan Detroit. So hit us up there. But moving on to the NFC, and thank you for yeah. staying with us. This is going to be a long episode. So 
Yeah, we're gonna go long this week. I mean, we have sports to talk about for like, yeah, like I real, know, like amazing. we have too much sports almost, which is awesome. Yeah, it's great. Uh, in the NFC, we'll start in the NFC East with the Philadelphia Eagles. My leg here is Carson Wentz, who's going right before the eleventh round. His ADP is one hundred nine and a half. Uh, so you probably can get him in the 11th round. Uh, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Uh, I know he doesn't run. He's not going to get too much there. But the luck eventually has to turn towards him, and he's got to be healthy for a season, right? Because it's not like this has been knee injuries. and stuff. It's weird getting hit in a weird way type injuries. Um, real George Hill for the basketball fans out there type injuries. Um so I'm, I love Carson Wentz going here in the back half of the 10th round at best when you could get top 10 quarterback value out of him all day. Uh, give me your dislike for the Eagles, too. Miles Sanders uh, going late in the yeah. second round. I'm not spending a late second round pick on an average as hell running back. I don't uh, feel like there's much explanation he needed here. I, I can't, When I saw he was going 17th today on average, it blew my mind. So the argument for Miles Sanders, and I don't agree with this, by the way. He's running back nine. The argument for Miles Sanders is that he's the only running back in that backfield really for real right now. And to that, I would point to the team that he's playing for in the GM that team has, who every year, every year, like clockwork, trades a mid to late round draft pick for a skill position player. Every year. They are the team least likely to sit still. And <laughs> Miles Sanders isn't like an elite running back. He's just not. We know that. He's a good running back. But for to take him with 17 overall is mind-blowing to me. He's got to be your running back one. He, to me, that, that pick is the like new shiny object where everybody's like, oh, what about Miles Sanders? We don't know yeah. about Miles Sanders. That could be Miles Sanders here. And Even more than just, the new yeah. shiny object, it's the smartest guy in the room pick. It's That's what Ooh. you're trying to be if you take Miles Sanders. Yeah. You're trying to say, I know more about fantasy football than you. When Let's be honest, everybody. We have our opinions, and we love talking about it. But fantasy football is an absolute shit show. Don't try to be the smartest guy in the room. Just just think about it objectively. Be and, yeah. yeah, be safe. Uh, and then make the pickups as you need when you go throughout the season. The waiver wire is where you win a championship. Uh, moving on to the Cowboys. Wait, hang on. I got to get my dislike. Oh, oh, oh my bad. Uh, my dis, uh, or excuse me, my like. My dislike was Miles Sanders. Uh, I don't feel like I see a lot of stuff to like. Uh, Carson Wentz seems like he might have parked on Indian burial, burial ground a bunch of times or something. My, uh, I'm going to say Zach Ertz, which isn't an original pick, but – it kind of value, flies value, in, value. Yeah, in the opposite in the opposite direction of uh, my take three tight ends. If you take Zach Ertz, you're plugging and playing, man. That's your guy. You know, doesn't get hurt a lot, reliable, uh, going 41st. So if you can sneak him in the late third round, I, I don't see why not. I know there's a lot of receivers in that place and some good running backs, but depending on how your draft shakes out, if you can pick up Zach Ertz, like a late third round pick, I, I think that's a good pick. I think that's a safe pick, and I think that it's a pick that allows you to take some more risks later in the draft. And his wife is awesome. Yeah, his um, wife rocks. <laughs> so the Dallas Cowboys, my like, and you'll rarely see me pick a like for somebody who's going this high, but it's Ezekiel Elliott who's going on average wow. fourth. Um, but he's just as consistently great as any running back in the NFL right now. You know you're going to get the value out of him. You know he's going to be worth your first-round pick. And he's not suspended this year yet. So that's good. 
Cool. Good analysis. Not suspended. <laughs> yet. Yet. But he uh, doesn't have anywhere to go because of COVID. So this is good stuff for Ezekiel Elliott. So I have like kind of like a like a overarching like, and then I'm gonna narrow that down into a finer like. My overarching like is give me all the Cowboys. Uh, that offense is gonna kick ass. I have and, nobody uh, on my dislikes. Nobody. Nobody on my dislikes. Amari Cooper. Uh, I think Michael Gallup. Could, be like, awesome. Really, people in the NFL seem to think that Michael Gallup is like actually a, a first wide receiver, masquerading as a second wide receiver, and that's awesome. Ceedee Lamb is going to be, I think, really in a really good position to succeed. Dak Prescott playing for a contract. Ezekiel Elliott not suspended, but my number one like is Blake Jarwin, tight end. He's going as tight end 21. Uh, I'm taking three tight ends this year. He's going to be one of them. Uh, uh, somebody, <laughs> we are coming from a team that has one of the most historically great tight ends of all time. You know Dak Prescott will throw down to him, and somebody's going to catch those balls for value to get him with like basically your last-round pick if you haven't taken a, like a backup tight end. That's where you should go. Yeah, I like it. I agree. Um and like I said, nobody for my dislikes. This, like you said, the offense is going to be great. It might be yeah. so good that it gets an average as hell quarterback in Dak Prescott a forty million dollar a year contract. So it could be his like Kirk, Kirk Cousins like last year, just trying to throw the ball as long as possible yeah. type contract. <laughs> uh, the New York Giants. I'm not going to give you much analysis on this one because you don't need it. My like is Saquon Barkley. If he's healthy, I think he's the best running back in football. If you have the opportunity to draft Saquon Barkley and do not, uh, you do not deserve to win your season. Yeah, I'd take that's him a one. Perfect way to say that. I would take him one too. Well, yeah. I'd probably take Christian McCaffrey one. Uh, so, well, we'll get to the Panthers. I don't want to spoil anything, but I would take Saquon Barkley first. To me, Saquon Barkley is locked in the all-around running back. Daniel Jones is going to be better. Everything around him is going to be better. They have a bad coach, but. You know, we'll see. Daniel so. Jones is going to be better. He's also my dislike for two reasons. Also my One, dislike. he's being drafted. Two, he's <laughs> being drafted in front of Joe Burrow, Big Ben, Drew Locke, and Baker. I would take all of those guys ahead of him. Yeah, I'd probably take Jared Goff before him. Yeah? Yeah. I, yeah, I would for sure. Uh, that's easy. Cool. Washington, yeah. the, the Washington football team and their brand new super creative name. Um, I don't. I don't like taking this easy cop out, but I have the same answer for my uh, like and kind of my dislike, I guess. My like is nobody, and my dislike is everybody. Yeah. TJ <laughs> so uh, McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, cool. Like, Terry McLaurin's cool, but he's going sixth, seventh round. There's yeah. risk there. I don't yeah. like that pick. I wouldn't be super angry if that's my pick, but Dwayne Haskins is going to be throwing him the ball. Or best case scenario, one leg Alex Smith is going to be throwing him the ball. Oh my gosh. If, Al if Alex Smith is like the starting quarterback for that team, uh, to me that signifies some very serious Dwayne Haskins problems. Because there is. Kyle Dwayne Haskins Allen comes sucks. out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't really see anything that I like on the Redskins. Let's move. Uh, yeah, let's go to the NFC West. That's right, Lions fans. We're making you wait for the NFC North. Stick with us. We'll get there. Uh, the 49ers. My like is Raheem Mostert. Uh, average draft position, 82 and a half. 
Uh, when they gave him the keys to the cars last year, he was awesome. And the speed and agility are absolutely elite. So I think he's sticking around. He's going to be really good. I think he'll be closer to like low wide or low running back two value. He mostered the guy who requested a trade two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. They already said he's sticking around and he's good. He's playing. Uh, okay, I'm worried about that. Uh, I think that San Francisco succeeded. I think in the playoffs, at least, kind of running a couple of different running backs and using the receivers to run a little bit too. Uh, not, I guess I disagree with you on that. Uh, my, give me your dislike real quick. I'm pulling up their roster just to make sure. Mine is Jimmy Garoppolo um, going in the 15th round, going super late. But outside of Kittle, there's just not many weapons in the air for him. He's not going to run the ball at all. And I just expect his team to be worse overall than they were last year. Not much. I think they'll still make the playoffs, um, but they're just not going to be the same team they were last year. Jimmy Garoppolo might be on the verge of being a franchise quarterback, but he's damn sure not like an elite franchise quarterback. And we've talked about these guys a million times during the show already, but the guys going in that range, the Big Bens, the Bakers, the Joe Burrows, I would rather have all those guys over Jimmy Garoppolo. So I will pass on him at any point in the draft. Uh, my dislike is Raheem Mostert. I think that uh, I just – Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon are both still in that backfield. I know Jarek McKinnon is another player who can't see, can't seem to stay on a football field without, like, getting hit by a bus or whatever. But uh, I think that he's going to not have that many carries. And I think that requesting a trade like that hurts your stock in the NFL locker room no matter what they say. Because, of course, they're going to be like, everything's cool. We sorted it out. But it, this is the NFL, and, it, and and if that's the way you feel, they're not going to give you the ball. My like is Brandon Ayuk, first-round draft pick, 25th pick. Uh, so I, I think Debo Samuel is an awesome number-one receiver. Uh, I think he's being properly drafted, uh, and I like Brandon Ayuk because, I mean, frankly, like Jimmy Garoppolo sprays the ball around. And I know he's got Kittle and Debo, but that's where – oh. Oh, <laughs> I, was like, I had to put oh, something under this, my ass. The is share this, is starting to hurt my ass. Is this podcast over? Oh, shit. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, Brandon Ayuk, undrafted, another player. If he, if he has two strong weeks out the gate, get him. Get him right away. Get him right now. You want to know what helps your value in a locker room? Being the best running back throughout an NFL playoffs where you come in second place. That helps. I mean, I, I just – we know that running backs don't matter like that anymore. They're replaceable, or at least NFL yeah. coaches think they are. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, not this, true. I wouldn't know. But. The Seattle Seahawks. My like is DK Metcalf, who's going in the middle of the fifth mm. round. Uh, a workout warrior, as we heard all through the draft process two years ago, whose physicality alone led to a really, really good rookie year. And I know if you, if you have that body and that athleticism, you are a work ethic person. You work your ass off every day. So I know he spent the majority of this offseason just working on running routes. And if he can be even 20% better than that, he's a top 10, top 12 wide receiver in fantasy football. Uh, my like is also DK Metcalf. Uh, 58 receptions, 900 yards. Uh, when he gets the ball, he is going far. Uh, everything points to Pete Carroll finally allowing Russell Wilson to cook, as everybody has been begging him to do for many years. Seems like he's finally going to do that. And if that's the case, nobody's going to nobody's going to have a better year than him, or like have an increase. Uh, my dislike is Chris Carson because I've been hurt before. 
I no really liked analysis. Chris Carson last year. He was 1,100 yards. I mean, he was good last year. Uh, my dislike is the defense, which is being drafted. Its ADP is 160. This team has zero pass rushing. Yeah, zero. what? Really? Uh, yeah. Don't draft the Seahawks defense. Don't pick up the Seahawks defense. It's not going to be as bad as the Jaguars defense, but it's not going to be good. It's going to be Russell Wilson or die for this team. Yeah. Unless, uh, I mean, they have they picked up what's his name on a trade, and and I think that they, if they can afford it, are still in play for Clowney somehow. I know he's like testing the waters, but who is what's his name? <laughs> who did they just trade with the Jets for? Oh, Jamal Adams. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they'll, you know, and hey, Earl Thomas just got cut by the Ravens. A little coming home party yeah, for the team the, that he ate. Cowboys. Um. The Los Angeles Rams. I think I can guess who your like is, but let me hear it. Uh, it's going to be Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley doesn't Knock play for the Rams. <laughs> Todd oh, Gurley doesn't. We're going to start that over. We're going to cut this, and I'm going to do that again. Holy fuck. Sorry. The Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I think I know who your like is going to be, but let me hear. Let me see if I'm right. Uh, yeah, it's going to be Cooper Cup, uh, who I love, and who... Dude, the guy's just automatic, man. It's just, you know, the number one thing is for fantasy football for me is to be risk averse. And Cooper Cup is the least risky pick in fantasy football. Taking him at 50, you're the first pick in the fifth round makes him at least your second wide receiver, right? Dude, he was wide receiver four last year. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's he awesome. Was- he, he he should be in the late first, early second round. I feel like if I if I if he's on the board and I'm picking late third round, I'd probably think about him. Fourth round, I'll take him for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's the perfect safety valve. The perfect safety valve. Uh, I'm not buying as much in on Robert Woods, but he's not my dislike. My dislike is Jared Goff, um, a guy who I'm probably not drafting. He's in that slew of quarterbacks we've been talking about all night. But there's three guys in there that I'm taking over him. Uh, there's tr- there's probably going to be at least 18 fantasy quarterbacks better than him this year. Um, the upside's there. He could be all right. He could be – if everything went perfect, he could be like quarterback 13, I feel like, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Um, but I don't – he's not worth wait, taking a pick on. I'll go somebody with higher upside than that if I'm going to take him in those late rounds. Uh, I actually I have a lot of dislikes, a lot of things I dislike. Uh, I don't love Tyler Higby being drafted as the ninth at the eighth tight end. I don't know. Tight end for me this year is so weird, man. It's just in a weird place because it feels like there's some tight ends, but does Higby strike you as like a locked in tight end one? No. It really doesn't to me, but my overarching dislike is the running backs because I don't know who's going to be getting what and when. And you can take Cam Akers, right? It seems like he might be the guy. Cam Akers is a rookie. Uh, Daryl Henderson was decent last year, right? Not bad. Uh, I don't see either one of those guys getting enough to warrant being drafted as anything more than like a, I don't know, Cam Akers might end up being the guy type draft pick in like the eighth or ninth or tenth round. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, on to your your darling team, if you will. Uh, the team you would whisper sweet nothings into their ear if it was a physical person, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. I'm going to go to dislike first here. Uh, Christian Kirk, who's going ADP 125. What a good year last year, uh, but New Hopkins is there. He's going to be moved further down that list, and there's just going to be some weeks where he's putting up absolute duds, two, three catch games. 
Um, so I'm not, I'm probably not touching him at all, but I just really want to hear, I want to hear your thoughts on the Cardinals. My like is everybody. And my dislike is nobody. Nobody. (laughs) The Cardinals to me are like the ultimate fantasy team. I am going to be watching them every week. They're going to be super fun. Kyler Murray is being drafted as QB five, which is uh, honestly like probably a pretty good spot for him. I think that uh, if I think that if Lamar Jackson hadn't happened last year, we would be looking at Kyler Murray and being like, "What's this guy gonna do?" Because he, especially in the back half, like one thing that we we hear all the rookie quarterbacks say every year is they're like right about week 14, 15, 16, they're like it clicks, the game slows down, I start being able to kind of do my reads, my progressions, and and then in the second year, that's when they take a leap, and Lamar Jackson and Patty Mahomes and all these guys like. Also, they added DeAndre Hopkins. Like, yeah, it could be all a of real the things. Team so, maybe Kyler the Murray, best division of football. Kyler Murray last year was had three thousand seven hundred twenty-two yards, twenty TDs, twelve interceptions. Guys out of the way and catches the ball. He lives for broken plays. Yeah. that's why we're going to go to Sean Watson. Right, and he's not he's not a huge separation guy with his feet, so he needs those balls to be accurate. All you need to do is put it where his hands are. He will catch yeah. it over the guy guarding him. Um, so yeah, I'd pretty much agree with all that. The Actually, Cardinals are I do be have super a fun. I do have a dislike, and it's Kenyon Drake, uh, who's. <laughs> I know I just said everybody and nobody, but uh, I'm a little worried of Kenyon Drake being drafted at wide receiver eleven. Just any right. any situation like that, I just kind of feel like uh, you just got to be prepared for that guy to have a different like situation in six weeks. Yeah. So. Uh, the NFC South, the Falcons. My like is Calvin Ridley. Snooze gone. Uh, what's going on? Hooper. Where's Hooper at? Where did Hooper go? Uh, Hooper. I think he's still there. I thought he was still there. Yeah. Oh, he's in Cleveland? Cleveland. Thank you. Um, yeah, but those two are gone. Those are the top two targets in Atlanta. A uh, lot of targets to fill. Um, Calvin Ridley, this is his breakout year. The Alabama product. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be him. It'll be Julio Jones, both doing the thing. Uh, and I think this, this Falcons offense could be decent. I don't think it'll be great. Um, but that could be a good pick for you. Calvin Ridley. My dislike is Todd Gurley. The Rams stopped riding him for a reason. It's just that simple. The knees aren't what they used to be. He's not what he used to be. I'm staying away from Todd Gurley. Uh, I like Calvin Ridley. I think that's a, that's a good one. I don't really care for the Falcons this year. I I don't know if I think they're going to be any good. Yeah. Uh, my like is actually, though, still sorry, Todd Gurley. Uh, being drafted 37th. Uh, his stats last year, you know, 857 yards, 12 touchdowns, 31 receptions, two receiving TDs. Uh, to be getting that guy in the late third round, to me, is like a wonderful pick. And it definitely, like, yeah, his knees aren't there. And they might be progressively getting worse. But I think that the draft has adjusted itself to reflect that. And in fact, I actually think it's overcorrected a little bit. Uh, I think you can get Todd Gurley for pretty decent value. He's going to be your second running back. And that's what he is. You know, he's an awesome second running back, I think, this year. And the Falcons, uh, <laughs> this is start. The Falcons are like the why are you still running this back team of the year for me? Like, oh, they're the worst. Guys, like, do something. Yeah. You know, like, I'm poking it with a stick going, are you alive? Are you still there? I just don't see it with the Falcons this year, but Todd Gurley's going to get 900 yards and 30 catches, and I'll take that. 
No, I think the offense could be decent. I think that they'll be a bottom five team in football this year, though. The other thing about like Gurley with the Rams was that they partially didn't need him anymore. Uh, I think that last year he actually had some decent backup running backs kind of taking some carries from various situations. And the number two running back in the Falcons is Eno Smith. Uh, so I think that Todd Gurley is kind of locked in as you're like. Yeah, but can he handle more than like 12, 13 carries a game? I think 12, I mean, 12, 13 carries a game, I think is going to get him pretty close to where you want, what you want out of a, a late third round pick. Okay. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team I'm probably the most excited to see this coming season, just to see how it's all going to mesh together. Whoa. Um, your, your audio just like went way up. Like loud? Yeah, and then it went back. Okay, it's normal. Okay, now. Sorry, do that again. It just was all weird. right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team I am probably most excited to see this season. Um, I don't have any like huge likes on this team. I do have guys I like. I would take Chris Godwin. I would take Mike Evans. I'm probably not taking Brady. I'm definitely not taking Gronk. Um, but yeah, so I'd go Godwin or Evans. Those are my two on this team that I would ride and die. Effective. Tom Brady is going to be all that much better than Jameis Winston. Because if Jameis Winston throws an interception, that doesn't hurt your fantasy receiver. Uh, uh, that just makes Jameis Winston look like a goofball. And I don't know if I think that like Tom Brady is going to be the guy to unlock the next level of that offense. In that he doesn't have like the arm power. I mean, maybe he's a little more accurate, but still uh, Tom Brady, man. Yeah, but I mean, Mike Evans was like a wide receiver, like the best wide receiver for multiple weeks last year, put up the best score. And now he's being taken in the 20 as the 22nd pick, 23rd pick wide receiver seven. I think that's great value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that's that. probably if you play your cards, right. That could be your, that could be your second receiver. Uh, I think we're going to have the same dislike on this one. And that's yeah. Rob Gronkowski. It's the ultimate dislike for fans. Going as tight on six. No, thanks. I'm good on washed up. Yeah. Game show hosting party boys who were really good and then retired for a year and now are coming back. Like he'll be okay as a yeah, real be tight end. He's not going to play 16 weeks. He's probably not going to play 13 weeks. He'll play in the playoffs if they make it, and he'll be good there. But he's not somebody you should be taking as your tight end one in fantasy. If if you're in a spot where you can take him later in the draft as your tight end two, do it, man. It's still Robert Gronkowski. You might be able to slide him in there every couple of weeks and get huge production out of him here or there. Uh, but don't don't let your team like rely on this guy to be a stud because he's not going to be that. Yes, I agree with you. Rob Gronkowski is like the ultimate fantasy dislike this year. Uh, probably the single most overdrafted player in fantasy and ADPs. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, I'll give you another one that I like, is Cameron Brait. Uh, er, sorry. Uh, OJ Howard. There we the go. Second, <laughs> who's the second tight end on that team? Who's gonna, I think, play quite a bit, get a bunch of grabs, like gonna be the guy when Gronk inevitably gets hurt because he isn't in football shape and really hasn't been for a year, right? And that, are, are Natty Lights a part of the TB12 method, Andrew? Uh, yeah, of course. Cool. Are they keto? Is that what you're saying? Natty yeah, keto? no, it's, it's actually just Natty Light and protein shakes. That's the whole TB12 method. Start to finish. You don't even have to work out. Wow. Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> nutrition expert. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints. 
Uh, my like is actually Latavius Murray. Uh, as a back-end guy, um, they're not going to run Kamara into the ground, right? And he's the clear running back, too, on that team. Uh, I think a lot of the carries will go to Murray, where a lot of the receptions are going to go to Kamara. Um, and if Kamara misses any time, Latavius Murray has showed time and time again, whether he's with the Vikings or with the Saints, that you can slide him in, and he can be a very productive running back whenever you need him. Uh, so he's going in the very, very back ends of this draft. Uh, I love Latavius Murray, though, to have at the back end of your bench just in case there's an injury somewhere. To me, Latavius Murray is like a really classic guy who sits on your bench for 16 weeks and never comes off of it. Maybe. Uh, I don't know, man. The Saints are in kind of a weird place for me. I like Michael Thomas at six. Uh, I I think that's you're guaranteeing production. You're guaranteeing a top three wide receiver in fantasy. But my like is Jared Cook, uh, who's going off the board as the ninth tight end. And I, I just think tight end is going to be screwy this year. Uh, and if you're going to do what I think I'm going to do, which is take a bunch of tight ends, I want Jared Cook as like my locked-in guy who's going to be good every week, probably not great, so that I can cycle in some of my higher boom-bust tight ends like a TJ Hawkinson or a Noah Font. Yep. Then you're probably not going to like this. My dislike, and I feel bad saying this because he got me into the playoffs last year and uh, won me my first-round playoff matchup. Uh, was that against you? Uh, No, I thought that we like met in the finals or the semis or something. Oh, you might be right. Um, but my dislike is Michael Thomas, and it's only because in the first round I need a running back. I need, 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 need a running back. So – I can get wide receivers throughout this whole draft, really good wide receivers. And even though I love Michael Thomas and he's going to produce for you, I mean, he's going to have 120 receptions, which is absurd, but I need a running back early. I need my true set in stone running back one. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I just think that he's like pretty good value. I think that there's kind of a drop off for running backs this year after that big five until you get to like kind of that third round zone where you can get, take a chance on one of those veteran guys. Uh, and I just think Michael Thomas is is great to bridge that gap if you're kind of like, ah, it's yeah, it's pick early, you know. No, that's fair. If it comes down to like Henry. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, or yeah. Michael Thomas, take Michael Thomas. Uh, the Panthers. The new Wait, look my Panthers. dislike. Ah. My dislike is Drew Brees, uh, who I just would stay away from going as QB eight. Uh, there's a trend, and we've noticed it for years. And I feel like I was one of the first people there. Uh, yes, Andrew, did you have a question? I- I know the trend. I know the trend. Can I can I tell everybody the trend? Sure, go ahead. Tell, he tell the sucks. Phone. He sucks weeks 12 to 17. He Not sucks. Good. <laughs> he sucks, man. He gets really bad. You pointed this out to me last year. I never noticed it. It's not just that he sucks in the playoffs. He sucks the whole second half of the season. So to me, like if you're going to take Drew Brees, it better be because you're one of those guys who's interested in Cam Newton. Or maybe you want to take like a Joe Bro, who maybe by that time is kind of clicking a little more and AJ Green's ripping. And so it, it, to me, if you're going to take Drew Brees, it better be because you're going to take a high-end backup quarterback. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, Christian McCaffrey uh, to me is pretty locked on, uh, especially in PPR where he's like the best player ever. Uh, I don't dislike that pick. I, I think that either one or two, Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, who's your dislike? Not taking Christian McCaffrey, number one. Oh, right. Not not Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Anybody else who's not Christian McCaffrey. So my like, uh, 
I just don't really like this team. I guess Robbie yeah. Anderson. Robbie Anderson could be intriguing. Uh, he's out of the like terrible jet situation. He's another classic like has the skill, hasn't put it all together yet. Guy is Teddy Bridgewater the quarterback to unlock that? I don't know. Maybe, probably not. But I could like be. Teddy, but no. Yeah. Uh, and my dislike is is just overdrafting anybody on this team. Yep. This is a classic like taking a year to figure out what they want to do post Cam Newton team. And yeah, I don't okay, think it'll be a long you know? rebuild. I really no, don't. no opening jokes today. Only very serious fantasy football talk. It's been a long time coming, and I'm very excited for it. Also, sorry for swearing so much in the beginning of this episode. I got a little too excited about basketball. Okay. Do, do you want to do like a quick 10-minute basketball supremacy moment? What do you mean? Talk about how fucking awesome basketball is right now? Yeah, okay, cool. Because basketball cool. fucking rocks right now. It's the best Let's, sport. Dude, does basketball, I feel like I've said this at least 60% of the shows. Basketball yeah. never disappoints. Never. We're sitting here on Sunday. We got a sweep today from the Celtics, which I thought that series was going six. Embiid was just as good Not as me. I thought he was going to be, and it didn't matter. Uh, but that's still, even in that sweep, most of those games were pretty close. We had the Raptors. Uh, no, put up- no, no way, dude. The Sixers rolled over and died. Hey, by game three, that series was done. Only one of those games was decided by more than 10 points. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Those are some games I watched, and I at no point did I think that the Sixers yeah, were going to Yeah, no, those I mean, I, like, it, was, it wasn't a huge test for the Celtics, and yeah. the Sixers need to fix things, not trade Simmons or Embiid, as we've talked about <laughs> before and we'll talk about in the future. We'll fire talk about Brad Brown, yeah. fire Elton Brand, figure it out. Um, but for as far as a sweep goes, it wasn't like – it was closer to Pistons Cavs a few years ago than it is going to be even with a win. This five game series that the Bucks and the Magic are going to have, it's more competitive yeah. than that. Um, well, wait a minute, are you sure that that's going to be a five game series? I am less certain that that's going to be a five game series. The Magic already won a game. Are you saying they're going to win another one? I think that it seems like the Bucks are like a little shaky to me. They are. They are a little shaky. I mean, the Raptors dropped 150 points today to complete their sweep, even though it wasn't a competitive game. Watching a team drop 150 points in regulation is fun as hell. Uh, as we were recording this show on Sunday, the Jazz beat the Nuggets 129 to 127 to take a 3-1 series lead. Wow. Fuck, we missed Donovan Mitchell dropped 51 and Jamal Murray dropped 50 while we were recording yeah. this show. I mean, if that doesn't prove our point right there, what does? But yeah, the, right. The game of the night, of the day, of the year so far was the Dallas Mavericks versus the Los Angeles Clippers, where Luca had his first the game, and it's the yes. ankle game. 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists on 18 of 31 shooting, and he hit the game winner over former Detroit Piston Reginald Thurman <laughs> Jackson. Is that his real middle name? I believe so. I like. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, it, it was the best game I've seen since 2016 NBA Finals. Luca was unbelievable. Kawhi yeah. was really good. Pandemic P was Pandemic P with his 11 points, I believe. Lou Williams dropped 36 points. It was everything you could have ever asked for in a basketball game, especially, by the way, as a Michigan fan. Trey Burke missed like two shots all night and dropped 25 points. Tim Hardaway Jr. was essential in winning that ball game. Now just go sign Nick Stauskas and we're cool. 
That would be cool. It's time for my favorite segment within a segment, Out of the DMs, where we talk about something that I asked Andrew about in our DMs that we talked about that I want to talk about again on the show. And today, what that is going to be is a trade that I sent you, uh, and it is for the NBA draft. The Golden State Warriors are going to be picking second. The Pistons are going to be picking seventh. And so the trade that I'm asking you about today is Andrew Wiggins and the second pick for Blake Griffin and the seventh pick. Who says no to that trade? The Pistons don't say no for sure because you're not you're literally losing nothing. If you have the opportunity to get rid of Blake Griffin's contract, you get rid of Blake Griffin's contract. And on top of that, you move up five spots in the draft and you get LaMelo Ball, who is who you want out of this draft, probably more than anybody if you're the Pistons. Um, the Warriors, again, aren't losing much. That second pick doesn't mean a whole ton to the Warriors, especially because there's a small chance you could still get Wiseman, the guy I believe yeah. they want, at seven. You add your star, right? Then you're back to four stars, the Warriors' way, kind of finding a way to do some crazy shit with that roster. Um, now, the only thing that could stop the Warriors is what if there's a Bradley Beal trade out there you could get done with the second pick? What if there's a Joel Embiid trade out there you could get done with the second pick? Um, what if there's somebody on the – well, I don't know if anybody on the Nuggets would be more worth it than Blake, but the risk with Blake is high for any franchise. If Draymond continues to regress and Blake can't get healthy, all of a sudden the Warriors are kind of trapped. But I still don't think that would be enough. For them to say no. If that trade was on the table, I believe both sides would accept it. I would just feel immensely disgusting for being the team that helped the Warriors recreate their dynasty. I don't give a shit about that. I do. (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't know if I agree that that's what would happen. We're about to enter the most competitive season of basketball maybe ever. I feel like there's more teams that can win a title next year than ever before. And that's even before the Houston Rockets do whatever batshit crazy thing they're going to try and do in the offseason. Uh so to me, this creates like the most switchable, best passing, down low, creative, shot creating big men, maybe ever in the history of the league. I mean, that that whole team is going to be able to play anywhere on the court except for Steph Curry. But like the whole rest of that team is completely switchable. They can play defense anywhere. They can play offense anywhere they want. It's like. It's almost it's the closest thing that they can do, in my opinion, to re-adding Kevin Durant to their team. And if you break down that pick as far as like what that pick could actually or what that trade could actually be, you're really probably trading uh, Lamelo and uh, Andrew Wiggins for Blake Griffin and probably like Isaac Okoro or Anyeka Ngankwu. But uh, best case scenario for them, Wiseman. Best case scenario, Wiseman falls, which I don't think would be totally out of the realm. Or what if Denny Abijah falls, who I think is probably the Perfect best fit. fit for that team. Perfect yeah, fit. him and Wiseman. Uh, I think that they can accomplish more with less by doing that. Uh, but you're right that there is some Blake concern. But the thing about the Blake trade is that there's only two years of his contract left. You'd have him for this year and the next year. And then, and then a go. player option. I or thought it was this. I thought oh, it was no, the second right, year with right. the player I'm option. thinking of this year, but starting. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So you'd get one year in a player option. And I don't think that that's a ton of risk to take on Blake because I think for one of those two seasons, at least, he'll be healthy. Because yeah. it kind of seems like he kind of has like a one-on, one-off type injury. 
Uh, and maybe in that, in those on year and off years, he's got like a nagging injury on the on year and he's misses a few games or he's healthy for some of the off year. So uh, I think that you'll probably get a pretty decent value out of it. And if you're the Pistons, like Andrew Wiggins is 25. And I think that there's still room. He's only been in the league for five years. He was a player who deserved a large contract of some kind, not the contract he has, but a pretty big contract. Like he could, he's got some, you know, he was a second pick. I think uh, the, the raw talent is there and Dwayne Casey, like, I just, I, if, if Dwayne Casey has like really been given the keys to the car and has the ability to say, Andrew Wiggins, you're playing 15 minutes tonight, get your ass on my bench. Uh, I think that that could do some good for that team. And I think that it's also a, a helpful tank move too, because Andrew Wiggins, Lamelo Seku is like a weird, like two years a away blast. type core. It's a blast. I mean, Wiggins is yeah. not going to be part of your future long, long term. No, over right. the next couple of years, he's fun to watch and he doesn't make you any better. So that's cool. Right. Um, empty calories. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. I got one more thing for you. Then we got to get on to fantasy football because my gut's telling me it's going to be a really long segment. When we do record it's it, it's going to be a sit down when you pee type thing. Yes. Uh, I'm going to read you all the games we'll see on Monday because the show will air Tuesday at 8. And I want you to tell me what the series are going to look like come Tuesday. So, Monday, we got Bucks Magic. The series is currently 2 1. Will it be 3 1? Yes. Yes. Rockets Thunder. Series is currently 2 1. Rockets, Rockets win. 3 1. Yes. Pacers 3 0. Heat. Will it be 3 1? No. Heat yes, sweep. Will. Nope, Pacers. Uh, Lakers-Blazers, series is currently 2-1. Will the Lakers pull a Clippers and look like they might be on the verge of a collapse and have it 2-2? I'd like to say yes, but the Blazers are pretty banged up, and Zach Collins is out, right? He has to have surgery or whatever. So uh, Lakers get lucky, and they should be very nervous about the Heat or the Rocket. Yeah, wait. The (laughs) Rockets. Rockets in the next round. Sorry, red logos. My brain else, like, flashes. Yep. Uh, Yeah. I would agree. 3-1 Lakers. LeBron is going to LeBron all over the place again. Yeah, he's going to do LeBron stuff. All right, so let's talk a little fantasy football here. We are two and a half weeks away from kickoff. It's finally time. We were kind of pushing it off to see if the season was going to get canceled, what was going to happen. Uh, but right now, the tests that are coming back from this week, they had a weird 60 test something false positive uh, I don't think back. we've heard the end of that story. No, I think that there's going to be some follow-up there. They're retesting them all right now, and so far every test they've done has come back negative. Um, but I think we can finally get excited for fantasy football. Will the season finish? Yeah. Who knows? But that's not where we're at right now. We're at the point where we know, we pretty much know there's going to be a start to this season. Uh, so let's talk about it. Uh, we're going to do likes, dislikes, just general thoughts on each team. Uh, yep. We're going to start in the AFC, and then eventually we'll get to the NFC, and then the NFC North with your Detroit Lions. Uh, but, Parker, where I want to start is in the AFC East with the New England Patriots, the Cam Newton-led New England Patriots. It's going to be a different look this year uh, one way or the other. It's not like Cam Newton's going to be this big-time running quarterback anymore, but you know Belichick is going to figure out something to make it work at least a little bit, at least to compete, maybe not get in, but compete for a playoff spot. Um and speaking of Cam Newton, that's my first like. I'm just going to jump right into it. Average draft position sure. of 137. He's going in the 13th or the 14th round. Um, but it's a it's a very talented quarterback with the greatest coach of all time. And we've seen what happens when you pair a great quarterback with this coach. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, so the thing for me with Cam Newton is if Cam Newton's going to be your starting quarterback, 
you're passing up a lot of really guaranteed, proven quarterbacks. Uh, then if you're going to take a backup quarterback and you're going to take Cam Newton, maybe that makes sense to me. I mean, Cam Newton to me works as a fancy player if he's running, which would make sense because the Patriots have him on a one-year deal. They don't care. And running for quarterback, running, running quarterbacks, I think we know now, is kind of the cheat code for fantasy football right now. Uh, and I think that you'll see that as we kind of go through a few more quarterbacks, guys we like, guys we dislike. Uh, I'm all in on running quarterbacks. Uh, I think that's – I'm looking at him more – I'm looking at him more as a backup with trade value. Uh, so sure, you take yeah. him again in the 13th or the 14th round, and then somebody's quarterback gets hurt, and all of a sudden Cam Newton's looking really good in week six, week seven. So you need a you need a flex wide receiver or flex running back. Guess what? Here is your quarterback 14, who's going to be you know if you just had your quarterback injured, that's not a horrible look. And I'm going to get my flex, my low end flex player to move into my lineup. Um, so again, it's a value pick. It's not something you're going to win a championship with, but getting him towards the very end of the draft, I think it could end up being a steal. Uh, my like for the Patriots this year is Nikhil Harry. If you can get on a goddamn football field, the ball has to go somewhere. And it's, I don't think it's going to be going to Devin Asiasi, uh, their starting corner. And I don't think that Mohamed Sanu is an A1, you're really even like kind of a mid to low tier second receiver in the NFL. Uh, so I, I think that if Nikhil Harry is healthy, and I think that if he shows the flashes of the guy he was supposed to be when they drafted him in the first round, Nikhil Harry, for what you're going to be paying for, which is like one of the last rounds of the draft, you can get some sick value out of Nikhil Harry this year. Yeah, I love that. I love that because, again, this was a guy with high expectations. It's not like he came into the league expecting to be a bottom-level wide receiver. This is a guy with wide receiver one for an individual team potential. Uh, Sorry, and I should I say that they have Julian Edelman. Sorry, because I, I know that there's people yelling at the screen right now. I know they have Julian Edelman. I don't think he's going to be anything close to what we expect from Julian Edelman this year. No, yeah. I mean, you're going from the ultimate nickel and dime quarterback to a guy who is definitely not that. Uh, you're going to look to open up the field, go big plays, and Nikhil Harry is for that. Uh, my dislike for the Patriots is James White. Uh, we're 10-team PPR, by the way, for everybody at home. Um, but this is a guy who played with Tom Brady who loves to dump the ball off. Like I just said, the ultimate nickel and dime quarterback. Uh, but he's going in the 10th or 11th round. Uh, that value is going to drop way off. The receptions are probably going to drop way off. So I just don't like him this year. I don't even know if I'd roster him. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I will. I mean, I know it gets like kind of barren running back towards the end of the draft. and You're kind of like, eh, I can take another. But uh, we should say real quick, because we're still on the first team. Uh, this is going to be 10-team PPR. Did we say that? Yeah, yeah, just did. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So my dislike is Julian Edelman. Was being drafted in the eighth round, give or take, early, early in the eighth round, which is probably where you'd be taking something like.